Hello and welcome to Be a B2B Leader. I'm your host Felician and I'm a marketing manager that wants to learn more about business, marketing and leadership. Today my guest is Nancy O'Leary, the Vice President of Custom Direct, where they help small to medium-sized manufacturers with innovative brand building strategies and solutions. Nancy will tell us why career paths don't have to be linear and why honesty is the key to self-development. So, let's get started. Hi Nancy and welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me on. It's great that you are here because your career path is unconventional. So, please tell me, what should every B2B leader know about career development? You know, it's been said um, by far um, more important people than me that have had very illustrious careers, but the I really strongly believe in hiring someone for their attitude rather than for their skill set. You know, and that's not to say, of course, that you would bring someone on board that has um, skills that don't at least somewhat align with what you're looking for. But time and again, I've found that when you lean really heavy into the interview process and learn what makes a person tick and um, what motivates them, you know, that positive attitude, that go get them attitude that we're going to talk about this in a little bit, that willingness to say yes um, really trumps a skill set and it really pays off in the long run for both their career development and then for your team as a whole. And do you think it applies to all careers? So also engineers, etc. I think that, yeah, I do. I know that might be considered a little ridiculous, but to be honest with you, if you think about um, even where you're at in your career right now, you took some degree of risk. You made some decisions that maybe you weren't always comfortable with, with your career. And as we get older, folks tend to become um, a little less risky. You know, they, they get a little set in their ways and they're not willing to, to kind of think outside the box. Um, and I say, baloney. You should really be running toward those opportunities. Um, and if you really make it just part of how you think and how you approach your career and just your day-to-day job, um, it's going to pay off in spades, not just for you in terms of how well you do your job, but your overall happiness. Um, I've just seen it time and again from folks that really um, bring such a great positive attitude to whatever project they're working on. And they overcome challenges so much quicker and so much easier. Even if their skills were lacking initially, they find the solution. And um, I mean, there's, you just, it's really hard to teach somebody that if it's not just in you. Yeah, exactly. Like you have to be positive if you want to have a positive outcome. Like people don't believe in the uh, power of attraction, but when you believe into something, it's, more possible yeah there is a bigger chance that you will achieve it absolutely absolutely and i have found that even if you don't achieve it say you you goof up or things really go wrong if you can maintain that attitude of okay i tried here's what i learned here's what i won't ever do again man it it takes you through the rough spots because life's not easy you know things are going to happen to you in your career and in your personal life and some of them you have in control and some of them it's just how you react to them and so i think as early as possible as you enter adulthood if you haven't figured it out already 
positive attitude takes you so much farther. Um, I started something a couple of years ago and I'm old. So for it to take me this long to do it as part of my wake up routine. But before I even move in bed, I spend at least a minute or two going through kind of a running list of all the things I'm grateful for. And usually it's directly impacted by however the day ended the day before uh, the things that I'm, you know, not wishing for, but that I'm grateful for. And it has just so pivotally changed how I approach days. You know, even when you know it's going to be a tough day or, you know, there's going to be some big things to get through. I find that I'm just a little bit lighter in my step. Um, maybe I don't need quite as much coffee, you know, all those little things that tell me that, yeah, this is working. And, um, you know, I'm not here to like plug a book or anything, but you know, the, the healthy habits book by James clear, I read it a couple of years ago and I don't want to overstate it, but it was very transformative for me. And I didn't just sit and read it. Um, and I tend to read books pretty quickly. I actually put it down a number of times. And then when I finally actually made it all the way through, I was kind of laughing because really it was everything he talked about, which is perseverance you know, start, but don't get hung up on whether or not you finish it, you know, make sure that you're at least starting and, and don't look for some huge goal initially, just one tiny little habit and just try to be consistent about it. And, um, and I embrace that and I embraced it on a lot of different fronts, which really isn't anything he recommends you do, but I kind of go big or go home. And, um, wow, I am a, I am a different person than I was a couple of years ago when I did it. And I, I took on my eating habits, which I thought were already pretty good. It took on my um, overall attitude about life, about my career, um, about exercise and fitness. And those aren't necessarily the same thing. And I just made these little tiny adjustments. And before you knew it, they really started to kind of snowball into some bigger things. And I didn't even realize it. And now, I mean, just all the way around, I'm wearing clothes that I wore in college. Um, you know, it's just cool stuff like that, that you just go, wow, okay. You know, and I did, it was such small little things that I changed, but I just kept doing that. I just kept with those tiny changes. It's, I'm just a big believer in it. Yeah, I'm also a huge believer in it. And those little things, they add up always because sometimes you may have a worse day and you don't see the results but when you look from the perspective of the last a year or two years or 10 years let's say all those little changes they add up and you're a completely different person than you were yes absolutely i agree do you think that we should yeah when it comes to career development do you think we should always have that positive attitude and say yes to things that are new that we don't have any experience with? I would say this. I would say yes, but I couch it with um, trust your gut. I'm a big believer in your gut instinct. Oftentimes is telling you, especially if you have a very strong negative feeling, it's really trying to tell you something your subconscious is that maybe you're just not quite recognizing. But that being said, how often in your career do you have a gut feeling that impending doom will come if you say yes? Usually not. Usually it's more on the personal level, whether it's relationships or, or things like that. Um, but when it comes to your career, yes, I absolutely embrace the idea of yes. And, and here's why. Um, my own experience, and I, and I won't bore everyone with a whole long twisted tale, but really I was a marketing major in college. 
And it was decades and decades ago, and there was not the internet. And so when you looked for a job, you went to a career fair or you answered ads in the paper. And that's how I got my first job out of college is I answered an ad in the paper. And if you're a marketing major, you know, your, your aspiration is that you want to work at an agency. And I grew up in the city of Chicago. So, I mean, my goal was to work at a downtown Chicago advertising agency, you know, get into marketing, PR, didn't matter. I was really open-minded about the whole thing. Well, that didn't happen. And I had paid my own way through college and I was living on my own. And so the reality was, was I needed a job. And so I was applying for different jobs. And the first one that was offered, I took. And it was making $18,000 a year. And the going rate was between like 18 and 21,000 for kids coming right out of college. And so I was disappointed. It was at the lower end. And it was basically what seemed like an admin job at a really big giftware company. And it didn't sound particularly exciting, but I said, you know what, I'm taking this. They're offering it. You know, it's at least a decent salary and I'm going to give it everything I got. And so took the job and found out on day one that I was actually going to be responsible for monitoring the production of a lot of their giftware lines that were being manufactured overseas. And the only way to find out how things were going in terms of schedules and what have you was by fax. Because again, there were no computers. So faxes were coming in every day and I kind of had to go through them all and read through them. And it was, it was kind of a dog. I got to admit, it was kind of rough going at times. And I was like, okay, okay, I'm sticking with it. But anytime I was asked, hey, could you look at this? Or hey, could you take this part of this project on? I said, yes. And I worked long hours and I worked Saturdays and all kinds of stuff. By the end of the year, I'd been there six months. I'd gotten a $10,000 pay increase and a $5,000 bonus. Now you go back to the 80s, that's a whole lot of money. And suddenly I had leapfrogged and all I had done was say yes. And the biggest yes I said to, they were coming around the building and I was kind of on the C-suite line um, just because production was important. And my boss, who was just two years older than me, was offered a computer, you know, a desktop computer. I'm really dating myself, but this was like big news. And he didn't want it. He thought it looked like a word processor. And he said, I don't want it. Nance, do you want it? And I said, absolutely. Um, My husband and I were building a computer at home. So like I was all in on it, but I was like, yes, I want one here. So I didn't even know what I was going to be able to use it for there yet because I didn't know what their plans were. So I got this computer and immediately ran down to these two guys we had just hired and said, okay, what are we going to do? What are we hooking up? What can I get to? And lo and behold, I find out... Um, they have an AS400, they have a mid-range, and they're now going to have all of the inventory information in real time. And so it was offered to my boss so he could easily see this, but he said no. So I ran back upstairs and said, hey, you know, you're going to be able to see everything real time. And he was strong arm. No, nope, I, I don't want it. You you can take a look at it. And I mean, I I was like a kid in a candy store. I was like, you're kidding me. Okay, this is great. Um totally streamlined the way the company then did production scheduling from that point forward. And I was the point person. I was this kid right out of college, had no background in it, but I said yes. And it was, it was incredibly exciting. And ultimately, um, when I made the decision to move on, it was a really tough one. But, but what did I wind up doing? I wound up working in the IT department at a huge um, refuse company, the biggest in the United States. 
and was running a team of application support specialists. So this company developed their own proprietary software in-house for all of their sites. And they had several hundred sites across the country to use. And those apps would run everywhere from like the financial side, like billing and things like that, to very heavy ops ones. And you can imagine, I love the ops side. And um, so we were developing apps that did route optimization, that did maintenance scheduling, you know, all those tools that they could use to really better utilize the equipment and people's time that they had on staff. And it was a wildly successful initiative. And then I ultimately wound up traveling the country, visiting sites, auditing them, not from a financial standpoint, but how were they using that technology that we had developed and finding out where were we missing the mark? You know, what could we do differently? Rode in so many garbage trucks in my day um, with a ThinkPad in my lap, you know, checking things off. You know, okay, is this really working? Is it calculating right? And um, you know, I would have never had that opportunity had I not said yes to putting a computer on my desk. And then that really heavily influenced where my career went. Then, um, even when I took time off from working full time, um, having kids, you know, I was still able to kind of keep my hand in on things in IT. And I think today it might be a little bit hard to realize that you know I'm going to sound so old, but back in the day, but when you had to kind of step away from your career a bit the opportunity to work remote really wasn't at all what it is now. And so that was a real conscious, kind of a scary decision. But we had had four kids in a real short period of time, and it just really didn't make sense. It was like, I, you know, if we can, I should, because we're going to spend more on daycare than we are with working. So I did, and I'm delighted that I did, and always grateful for that time. But it really made getting back in kind of interesting, because while I was still interested in marketing, I hadn't really been doing any. So I leaned into what I knew, which was IT, and started again with a small software company. And during my interview, I mentioned how bad their website was. And the person interviewing me was the owner. And she said, is that right? (laughs) The perfect person to say it to. And I said, yeah, you got a spelling mistake on the homepage and some of the functionality is kind of weird. I mean, you guys are in technology and that is a horrible representation of what you do. And she said, well, do you want to fix it? Now, I had never built a website in my life, really didn't even know how. And I said, yes. And she said, okay, you have the job. And I literally learned how to build a website and multi-page, really cool functionality and with that opportunity, it really lit a fire in the marketing in me again. And we started doing lunch and learns. We online lunch and learns. I got um, got them profiled in local papers and then bigger papers, and really got the attention that they needed within the Chicago market, which is highly competitive for what they do. And Okay, here we go. So after a couple of years of that, I was like, okay, this is really fun. I absolutely want to keep doing this. And the dream finally came true. And I won't say how many decades later, but I landed at an agency. And so, you know, we're not in downtown Chicago, we're out in the burbs. And um, man, the timing was just perfect. And there's no way I would be here if I hadn't said yes to all those things, even the IT side. Because I got to say, you know, back in college, if you would have told me IT is going to be instrumental in your success later in your career, mm-hmm. I would have laughed at you. I mean, it would have yeah. been like, you know, saying I was in culinary school and yeah, you know, you should really learn more about technology. I said, no. And so, you know, you just don't know 
what you're going to pick up in your career, what, what interesting skills and insight you just can't predict. So say yes, say yes as often as you possibly can, because man, the opportunities that it presents, even if they're not immediately obvious, I guarantee you, I don't care what obscure skill you have learned, even at this point in your career, and you think I'm never going to use this at another job. This is a waste of my time, but I have to do it because it's my job. I'm guaranteeing you right now, you're going to be proven wrong. And you are going to use that skill again. Some weird little bizarre thing you're doing now is going to come up again later in your career. And you're going to laugh really hard because you're going to be like, wow, I never thought I was going to use this again. Like the truth is that every skill comes in handy. Sooner or later, we will use it. Even the things that we learned us, yeah, when we were little kids. Yes. And, and, you know, and, and I always wonder too, is it, is it because we're drawn to the things we know? And so at some level you recognize, oh, I know how to do this. So I'm going to say yes to this because it's going to allow me to do this or, or not, you know, or is it just sometimes I think it's luck, you know, it's just, you happen to say yes and as you start digging in, you go, oh, wait a minute, you know what, this would really benefit from me doing this instead of yeah. that kind of a thing. Like, I think that the luck plays a huge role in our careers, whether we want it or not. Like, I'm working right now at the company where, yeah, I just love the team, I love what we do, and I have fun at work. But the fact that I'm here, I got, yeah, I got lucky. Because, yeah. In, and I, and I think luck, luck, um, I think luck comes in waves and, you know, kind of going back to what we were even saying at the beginning, you know, depending on what your mindset is, you know, and, you know, this, this, this ability to always be grateful, I think plays a huge part. I mean, just think about the people that you like to interact with, you know, are they the folks that tend to be grateful or just tend to be happy? I mean, it's, it's kind of common sense, but I think sometimes in our careers or in the day-to-day work grind, we can sometimes forget about that. And, um, you know, one of the, one of the phrases that I use pretty often here is I'm a human being and, you know, people kind of chuckle and laugh. And I'm like, you know, I'm a human being. So I am very much going to, um, be, very enthusiastic about the things that I'm excited about. I'm going to muddle through some of the things that I don't necessarily like doing, but I'm going to do them. I might not be smiling quite as big. You won't see my dimples, but like I'll get through it. And there's going to be days where I'm just going to be frustrated and I'll try really hard to not let those overcome me. But I just find that by articulating that sometimes on days where it is just feeling like luck is not on my side to say, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm a human being and I'll say it out loud. And if anybody hears me like, you know, this is just not working today. This is not going the way I thought. Um, boy, does it seem that things change a whole lot faster than, you know, your mindset and all of it. I, I don't know why. I don't know if it's because I tend to verbally process, but I have found that by just articulating that out loud, not screaming it, I'm just quietly saying it to myself. It's like, wow, okay. It's almost like I'm giving myself a pass. Like, it's okay. Yeah. You can yeah. kind of be frustrated today. But do you think that we could, yeah, we should say those things publicly around other people in the company? I think when you, it depends on your comfort zone. You know, I don't, mm-hmm. it's not the kind of thing that I would go into um, the gentleman that owns our agency. Although on, on days I have said, I'm only human or I'm only a human being. And he's like, 
I know. I'll say, okay, because today, you know, this day or, you know, this particular project is rough or I'm really feeling challenged by it. But I find that by starting it out saying that, I'm already setting the conversation to I'm not being defeatist, combative, argumentative. I'm I'm admitting at this moment I'm feeling like and you know, I get I just get such support from from everybody on the team here. You know, we truly enjoy working together. A lot of companies, a lot of agencies work remote. We're physically in the building together. Um, we come in every day and um you know, dad, bad jokes and, and everything else, you know, we celebrate the success and the, you know, the challenges together. So I, I don't know, for me, I, I think, yeah, I mean, it kind of goes back to that common sense thing, but um, even if it's just something that you're quietly saying to yourself, you know, give yourself um, that out, give yourself that permission, I suppose is the word I was struggling for. Give yourself that permission to say, okay, you know what? Most of the time, I'm pretty happy. Most of the time, I'm very grateful. But right at this moment, you know, I'm not seeing it. I, I need a moment to kind of go, okay, to bring my best back into the game again. Yeah. Like, I believe that when we show that vulnerability publicly yeah, next to our teammates, we just build trust with them. So even if they feel, yeah, if they have a bad day or they need help with something, there will be more more open to ask us for help because they see that we are yeah just a human being. Yes. Like I, I have no problem saying I don't understand how to do this or I'm not sure um, that I understand this topic well enough to even get a good, give a good answer. You know, with what we do, you know, oftentimes we've got manufacturers that have got um, a lot of challenges and they're really looking for exponential growth and it it has really taken me a bit to get where I'm really comfortable when someone is kind of teetering on success or something a lot less than success. And they're very nervous and they really want um, kind of a golden solution that's going to fix everything. And I believe in being really candid and honest and saying, here, here's what we know works. Is it going to work for you? Yeah, we're pretty confident that you're going to see success. But I have to tell you, I'm not sure that it's going to be as rapidly as you'd like or maybe exactly as you'd like. Here's what we know we can do. And just by being honest about what you know works and what you know is going to be the result is tremendously beneficial because you you establish that trust then and that relationship and that person knows, hey, you know what, they're not they're not gonna blow smoke my way. They're gonna actually tell me, yeah, this is working or not. And and there's a lot that we do just with how we do business iteratively that um, just continues to build that trust because um, you know we, at the end of the day um, we want strong relationships and we want to see companies succeed and so you know, honesty is always the best policy. And I, and I think it's the reason for our success, to be honest. So, you know, sometimes marketing agencies can really get a bad rap. You know, a lot gets promised. And if a company doesn't see their lead generation increase, if they don't see their sales increase, you know, naturally they say, okay, well, we just spent X amount of money this year on marketing and we didn't get anything for it. And some agencies will turn around and say, oh, but your engagement is way up. Or, well, no. Okay. But like that didn't deliver what they needed. They needed business growth. 
and and we stick to that. You know, we we begin and end with business growth, not with metrics and all kinds of other things. That's great. We keep track of it. We report on it. But our eye is always on growth and what are those growth goals? I don't know. It, it keeps everybody honest and it keeps the conversations really fun. Um, yeah. We have we have fun conversations with our clients. Yeah, like in marketing, honesty plays a big role because you can't see results right away. So you have to set expectations and you can't say that they will see new sales in 30 days if the sales cycle is six months. Oh, absolutely. Just with SEO, you know, with search engine optimization, you know, we absolutely do um, some work with technical SEO, some. We lean more heavily into the content side of building up your SEO. And we just feel that by doing that, with that content development, not only do you have the content, whether it's on your website or on your social media, um, you're also able to use it in so many other capacities then. Whereas the algorithms that are behind a lot of the technical SEO, you know, those come and go and change. And while those are great and you can absolutely benefit from them, um, we just lean into where our strength is. And, you know, when it comes to that subset of SEO work, again, we just are huge believers in content and, for the manufacturing sector, that has been a struggle. Um, more often than not, um, for manufacturers, uh, if they are a small to medium size company, and here, like for instance, in the state of Illinois, we have 15,000 manufacturers. Almost 83% of them, 83, 84% of them are considered small size manufacturers, meaning they have 19 employees or less. That's a whole lot of companies that don't have a whole lot of extra folks on hand, which means more often than not, their website that they have, probably the owner built or the owner knew somebody. And it's more often than not a single page site, or maybe it's got a few pages, but there's not a whole lot of copy you know, there will be images of the products or the services that they offer, but it's usually light. You know, it doesn't come anywhere close to what search engines are looking for in terms of six or 700 words a page. You know, it's bare bones. And so um, that's that's always a, a kind of a game changer when we can help manufacturers understand, you know, this content, once it gets developed, you're using it in a whole lot of different ways. And one of the most important is just going to be to be driving that traffic to your website because that SEO rich keyword content is going to start pulling people in that are looking for what you're doing. And um, I would say that's probably the biggest thing going right now. Um, you know, I would say manufacturing as a whole has lagged a little bit behind when it comes to digital presence as a whole. You know, they're very focused, very technically engineer minded toward building things. And ironically, you know, oftentimes they don't really think too, too much about building a website or they've perhaps got one that they've had for years and they're looking to get their money's worth out of it and don't really realize that for a whole lot less than what they spent six, seven, eight, ten 10 years ago, they could get a brand new one that would work much better for them. And so, um, I would say right now, um, it is just a fun fun conversation because manufacturers, especially in Illinois, are really getting the idea about their digital presence. And what's just been happening, I'm like looking up at the calendar, I'd say in the last six months, um, e-commerce 
is literally exploding in manufacturing. And it, we've seen it coming, but we've personally seen it here now where almost every manufacturer we're working with wants an e-commerce site. And if That's you would interesting. Have, and if you would have told me a year ago, I would have been like, mm. and we're talking all different sizes. And by e-commerce, it may be a really sophisticated RFQ that when you hit submit, you know, you're sending all that information, you're not actually developing cart functionality. And some mm -hmm. it is, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, some of these companies are, they develop um, systems, you know, like um, there's a company we work with that has a lubrication system for all different kinds of um, equipment that would need to go through almost like a conveyor belt that has a mist of lubrication across it. They have eight different systems. And then they have a couple thousand products. And so their website that we've built has all those products that are available, many of which are replacement parts for any of their systems. That has cart functionality. But each of those eight systems, you can build online as an RFQ and submit it. And someone can get back to you within 48 hours with a quote or to follow up if there's any questions. But you're pretty much led through um, all of the decisions that you'd want to make in terms of the roller size, the kind of lubrication, you know, you can imagine there's, yeah. you know, all kinds of conditional logic and that's really catching on within manufacturing. You know, it's good that they realize that they have to have a good website. Like today, your website is your, like the salesperson that's working 24 by seven all day, every day. And you just have to have that presence. You do, and, and now more than ever, I mean, the, the number just gets bigger and bigger. The amount of legwork that people do before they ever reach out to you is amazing. I mean, now it's like somebody will spend like an, I think it's just over an hour researching a company before they'll even consider dropping an email. I mean, and forget making a phone call. They're not going to do that. But I mean... Nobody calls today. No. So, I mean, they're just crawling all over your, your website, and then they're leaving, and they're coming back. And then they're looking to see where else you might be. Um, and, you know, we're big believers for B2B. We're big believers in LinkedIn. We think social media as a whole is is really beneficial. But for what we see, particularly in the industrial sector, there are there is so much work that occurs between businesses that are connected on LinkedIn. That's the one that we really um, that we really push, that we say you need to have a presence there. You need to have a solid presence post regularly, you know, we can talk about what that means, you know, for somebody, but post regularly and be driving traffic to your website, you know, because yeah. it's the only reason to be on social media is to drive traffic to your website. So folks can learn even more about you, but you know. Yeah. Like uh, your social media is like the window, but your website is the door where people have to go through. I like that. Yes, it is. Wow. That's a great analogy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I like so, Nancy, one last question. Yeah. What would you say, what's the biggest takeaway from this conversation? I would say for anyone, regardless of where your career is at, but particularly, let's say you're within the first 10 or 15 years of your career, um, don't be afraid to say yes. Don't be afraid to take on new challenges. Um, be, be honest. You know, be honest with yourself. Be honest with the folks that you work with. Um, People can, people can kind of sniff out a fraud. Um, you know, there's, there's those phrases like fake it till you make it or imposter syndrome. You know, I don't like those. I don't like those at all. You know why? Because you can't become an expert without experience. 
So mm-hmm. say yes, get that experience and run with it. You know, you can be honest about it and say, okay, I know how to do this much of it, but I'll figure out the rest. But um, I mean, gosh, you know, I'm so fortunate for um, the team that I work with now and, and the fun that I get to have every day. And it only came about from the fun that I had at previous roles. It's not like they weren't fun, but um, only because I said yes to so many wild things that at the time I didn't even know why I was saying yes other than like, okay, sure. And then boom. And it, I got to admit, it's kind of addictive because once you kind of train yourself to say yes, it becomes easier and easier. And then the bad thing is then you start to say yes to a lot of things and then you're on all kinds of committees and stuff and fundraising. <laughs> and then you got to yeah. have to learn to say no again. But, um, but in the workplace, I would say, I hope that folks get that as, as a key takeaway, you know, say yes, take that, take that leap of faith in yourself. You know, you are smarter and stronger than you think you are. Um, if you, if you're having any doubt at all and, um, you know, just remember you're, you're going to become an expert, but you got to get the experience to get there. I love it. So Nancy, please tell the audience where they can find you and how can you help them? Sure. So Custom Direct, um, our website is customdirect.com and we are located just outside of Chicago. And while we work an awful lot with um, folks in the industrial sector, um, there's also some tentacles that go out into telecom and other related um, fields as well. And um, by all means, would love to connect with you on on LinkedIn or um, shoot me an email. You can reach me at O'Leary at customdirect.com. So it's O'Leary, O-L-E-A-R-Y at customdirect.com. Check out our website. Um, And by all means, give me some feedback. Let me know what you think. Um, We just launched our website kind of anew uh, at the end of last year. So it's about two months old right now. And so we'd love the traffic and we'd love the feedback. <laughs> I'll be honest. Awesome. Thank you very much for today. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you. This was a blast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Be a B2B Leader. If you liked this episode, make sure to leave a review in your favorite podcast app. Also, if there is something you would like to learn, let me know. After all, we are building a knowledge base for B2B.